0: This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Kenobi. We are your spoiler-free place for Star Wars discussion, analysis, and rhetoric. I am your host, Dan Z joined by my co-host today, Mr. Tom Gross. Hey, hello. It's great to be here. You know, I love these live shows because
1: it's it's the only time we get to record where we actually get to see one another. I know. And so that's
0: that's a lot of fun. And we have an audience, too. That's so right. That's, that's, that's right. good, too. <laughs> that's right. It's really cool. We're still here at IdeaCon having a great time recording a ton of live podcasts for you, both for Coffee with Kenobi as well as for... The Idea community, and this is the community that changes the way schools communicate using technology in education, and it's very, very exciting. Speaking of exciting, you and I were up uh, pretty late into the evening waiting for the huge news about Project Luminous, as was everybody else online. It's certainly been something that we have been looking forward to for a while. In fact, in April of 2019, Lucasfilm teased something called Project Luminous, which is a super-secret Star Wars publishing effort, set off nearly a year of intense fan speculation so before we actually get into what that means and what it is where were you sitting with this news and we had to wait a significantly long time to find out where was your excitement level for whatever project luminous was
1: well certainly uh the announcement last year at celebration and then um and then you know i i want to say where i saw most of it Was uh, with um, Kevin Scott, did a lot of teasing of this uh, Project Luminous. And so when you looked at the names of the people involved, you know, I had this feeling that it was definitely going to be a print uh, media sort of uh, announcement. Um, But with the amount of names and the star power in the writers uh, involved, you knew that it was going to be something big. I tried to stay away from too much speculation as to will this be post. Episode 9, will this be before, in between, where was it going to be? I just sort of took it for what it was. Knowing the title, Project Luminous, I had a feeling that it was going to have something to do with the power of the Force and uh, probably the good side of the Force. Uh, I don't know where I get that from, other than that's just what I was imagining going through it, but it was going to be, you know, and and you just sort of have a feeling that it's going to be something to challenge, uh, to, to challenge that aspect. So, um, so we've been waiting, um, lots of lots of uh, teases. hey, we 're one month away, we 're one week away, and
0: so built up to last night, and we even got a little extra delay last night, too. yeah, we did. There was a lot of excitement going on. I was invited to go out to the Walt Disney Studios to cover this event which is a great honor, and I wasn't able to join because I'm here at IdeaCon, and which is great. That turned out well. And fortunately, our West Coast correspondent, my brother-in-law, Bill Thill, was able to go and cover the event. So the pictures that you saw were the ones he texted to me, and then I would jump on our Twitter feed, and I would, would post what he would share with me. And it, it worked out actually really, really well. It was, it was certainly high intensity, but it was high intensity for fans because we were really excited about what it actually means. So, I And, and I, as for me, Project Luminous... I figured it wouldn't have anything to do with the Skywalker saga. You just sort of assume it would take place really, really in the past or really, really in the future, but it kind of made sense to see what we found out. So let's just break down the actual news. Uh, it's centered around a new era in Star Wars. Are you ready for, are you ready for the big announcement? I am. Okay. I am. Well, it's, it's set during the time of the High Republic, which is stories that take place roughly 200 years before Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, so... Lucasfilm executive James Waugh says this is a time of smugglers and scoundrels. They looked at publishing as sort of an incubation place. They They gathered some of the most powerful authors in Star Wars at Skywalker Ranch back in August of 2018, right? That's correct. And uh, he also noted that um,
1: I, wrote, I wrote down the incubation period as well. Yeah, it's cool. What a great platform to
0: sort of explore uh, a new time period. Can you sh- tell us who the authors are, by the way? Oh, that's a great Do question. You, I don't know if you wrote that down. I, I think I got them right here, actually. We've got, we've got Charles Soul, We've got yes. Claudia Gray. We've got Justina Ireland. We've got Daniel Jose Older. And we've got Kevin Scott. So they're all, they're all huge in the world of Star Wars and in the world of storytelling. Some of them I've either interviewed or had on coffee with Kenobi. They're great people. It's, it's a, certainly a, a wide range of, of talent from different publishing mediums. Mm-hmm. And you were going to say
1: something? I was just going to say that, you know, a lot of these authors are well-known in the young adult uh, world. Uh, Justine Ireland and Claudia Gray are certainly well-known in the young adult realm, although they have written adult books as well. Uh, So I like the fact that these are authors that have been chosen perhaps uh, because of their versatility about, you know, being able to write to a certain level or uh, a certain type of reader and then of course Charles Soule we know from the uh, Marvel Comics Star Wars yeah. series um, and uh, and so I, I like the variety of authors that you have in there, you have diversity as well uh, of authors that will have new uh, viewpoints on the galaxy and that was one of the things they said when they sat down so they ended up going to Skywalker Skywalker Ranch yeah. and having an author sit and discuss um, with the uh, higher ups and Pablo Hidalgo was there, and as well as many others. And so, uh, and I say, I think that that's just that brainstorming right there. I think was a was a huge part of all of this um, to develop a new uh, time period. And I like the fact that we we're, we're going we're not trying to connect. We're not trying to bring two puzzle pieces together here we're far in the future of what we know the Star Wars galaxy to be. And so I think that that or gives... Or far in the past. Did I say future? Yeah. Well, well it a feels like future, A long, like long the time future, ago though. in a galaxy far, far yeah. away. It's very vague. Very vague. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, so yes. Yeah, so we're, we're far away from the timeline that we know. And so that gives a lot of uh, opportunity for growth to build this, uh, this galaxy, shape it. And, um, and I, love, I love the idea that... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, way back in our timeline in 1977, says, for a thousand generations, Jedi Knights um, were the guardians of peace and justice. And I just have to wonder, that shows up in their promo video, I just have to wonder if that's what they grabbed onto to
0: start telling the story. Uh, You would think so. It had to inspire something. And, and And there's a great video that's four and a half minutes long that is already gaining quite a bit of traction that is discussing just that. Uh, more key things in this. This is considered the golden age, yes, of the Jedi, where it's more of a place of peace and calm. In fact, the thing that I think I'm going to be gravitating towards, they say, they think of it as like the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. So that Arthurian legacy and that legend is is huge to me, and even the the concept art because they had Doug Chang and a lot of key artists in there talking about this, and when they show the concept art. The lightsabers actually have hilts that look like legitimate swords, like the, the kind of the cross shield, I guess, like, sort of like what, what Kylo's is, but much more antique and classic swordsmanship, uh, very much like a cross. And, it's, and the fact that it's luminous and it's a cross, I'm sure it's not uh, Christian-based, but, but you can't help but think of that as an inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: Um, oh, the, the concept art is phenomenal, and it's so cool to look at it, and it really helps to... Um, really helps to uh, fill in our imagination a little bit. We,
0: we have a big fan in the audience and that distracted
1: you. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's always good to have fans in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the concept art just gives us a, a picture of what this time period looks like. You look at the smugglers and the scoundrels and the bounty hunters, and you look at the, the garb and the, uh, what they're wearing and the, the equipment that they're carrying with them. It really makes it feel... I don't know exactly what the feeling
0: is. It just looks classic, like a classic knight of yes. Arthurian legend. Like Sir Thomas Mallory, who's certainly not the one who created all of the Arthurian stuff because that stuff has so many different authors, but he's the one most attributed to it. And it has that feel, it has that aesthetic, the, the clothing, the, the robes, the, the kind of the ornate feel of the design.
1: Right, and I'm looking at some of the, the covers that have been released, and I see more uh, legit capes. And, yes. um, and the wraps that you might see from uh, that time period or that fantasy realm. Sure. Um, your dream of
0: capes coming back into style is coming true.
1: Oh, dude, I can't yes. wait to wear a cape to school sometime.
0: <laughs> I'm sure your wife would be thrilled. She will. And my yeah. girls won't be embarrassed at all. So I want to I point out a couple. Were are going to say something? Because I want to give you some news about some stuff. Mm. So, no, go ahead. Um, basically, interesting things. Pablo uh, talked about this because, of course, Pablo and Matt and... Leland Chi are a big part of this naturally. They talked about the fact that the new, this uh, High Republic has like boundaries. It's not like all encompassing like what they tried to do in the prequel era. It's more like they have actual borders. And then the borders is where the threat comes from. And then uh, it's also discussed that you think they should think of the Jedi as more like a Texas Ranger. That, you know, how could you not smile about that? That sets up a lot of key ideas about, you know, sort of these. Uh, more like the Jarrus types, but you know uh, you wonder what they're. You know, if we're going to go D and D, what kind of alignment we're talking about here? If if there's more peace and prosperity in the galaxy, but you've got Texas Rangers. Those are kind of paradoxical concepts. Um, chaotic good or chaotic neutral? How's that? I'm well, sorry, you're I'm nerd. St- I'm stuck
1: on your <laughs> on, on your D and D alignment. Yeah, yeah, idea. for sure. But uh, but you know they are they are the order. They're the, uh, the, the justice and the order. So I, I actually have a hard time seeing them working outside of the, uh, uh, going back to the alignment, the idea of lawful. But certainly, to keep law, sometimes you have to be a bit chaotic and you have to work around the rules to share right. the bad guys. Um, so yeah, I like this idea of these. I don't want to call them. They're not rogue Jedi. That's not how. No, it's they're position. definitely not. They're
0: still. They're still part of the order, but they. They just. They're on the fringes. I mean, the Texas Rangers follow the letter of the law, but they were just extra tough. You know, yeah. and they had more uh, area to cover, kind of by themselves. But they had reputations for being able to take care of business. Yeah.
1: Being. Yeah, like you said, tough guys. Um, like us. Don't. Yes. Yeah, we work on the fringes. That's all right. The time. That's right. Yeah, of course. Um, I do like this concept of the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. Um, oh, I think that's music to my ears. You know, is, is, is as the potential precursor to what the Jedi Council might be, or um, you know, a, 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 a shape or a, um, a structure of, of how the, the Jedi might have been at one time, and so uh, that that brings in an interesting um, picture. I'm looking at the uh, the picture. Of uh, the book, the High Republic, and looking at the cover where the Jedi all have their uh, swords raised in the air, and I see there, Dan, the cross, the crosshairs of uh, the the sword hilt. Crossguard, yeah. I even see a double-bladed um, green lightsaber. Held, oh, I didn't uh, notice that right until that. you just yeah, pointed just, that out. I just noticed that. Um, and so this I, this idea, and when you look at their their robes, you see you see potentially the. Where the Jedi got their long robes from, but these these Jedi appear to be more adventurous in their wear it 's it's, it's, uh, outfits that leave room for lots of movement and uh, yeah and potential adventure, and they carry uh, a little bit more utility like belts that, they put their um, that they put their lightsabers on and i 'm even seeing some ornate uh, pieces to the costumes as well that might give. Um, some sort of order of status of uh, some sort. So certainly, certainly a different look at what the Jedi, um, w- what the Jedi that we're familiar with
0: from the uh, Republic era. I agree. I absolutely agree. They they also pointed out um, that these there is a core hero group, but they're going to expand over time. So it's going to be a nice organic storytelling process. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the storytelling aspect. There, are the first wave of books. I'll again, all announced at this big event. Uh, Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Star Wars The High Republic A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. Star Wars The High Republic Adventures by Daniel Jose Older, which is an IDW comic. Yeah. And Star Wars The High Republic by Kevin Scott, which is a Marvel comic. Right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Those are, those are the uh, additional books. The, the first one that's coming out, however, is Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. That's going to set the stage for everything uh, Charles Soule is, is known as a comic book author, but he's, he certainly has some novels under his belt as well. Mm-hmm. For my money, he's, he may be the top storyteller in Star Wars literature these days. Uh, and so this is wonderful news. And on the cover of the book, we've got that, that's, that satellite that they talked about, that new satellite. Yes. We've got um, multiple Jedi... Uh, it looks like a woman with blonde hair is is the leader. There is a Force-sensitive Wookiee that is a Jedi. Yes. And that probably is a Twi'lek on the right side as well. And then a human male of some sort. And, you know, this one comes out August 25th, 2020. So that's when we're going to take our first step into a much larger world. Oh, indeed, we will. And I like the
1: fact that they were able to give us... W- the inciting event of this story, um, yeah, they say right. they say that the story starts with an event called the Great Disaster, and that uh, it wouldn't be Star Wars without adventure, and so that I don't know that's enough to wet my whistle as to wanting to know what this Great Disaster involves. We do know, however, that it does involve a new uh, group of villains.
0: Right. Yeah, the new villains are known as the Nile. It's spelled N-I-H-I-L, but it's pronounced Nile like the Nile River. And I'm going to read an excerpt from from Clayton Sandell's article for Good Morning America. He says, The High Republic features fearsome bad guys known as the Nile and describes them as space vikings. You can also think of the Nile, says author Justina Ireland, like Sid Vicious taking over the galaxy. Their motto is, you can't take it with you, but we can take it from you. (laughs) Star Wars concept artist Ian McKaig, who originally designed Arthur small ass, asked to help with the look of the Jedi and the Nile. And I think that's cool. So, Nihil or nihilism is, is a word that means basically nothing. nothing. Nihilism is a belief in nothing. Uh, it's, there's a, a book uh, called, um, no, it's a short story uh, by the Chicago author who's brilliant. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Old Man in the Sea. The Old Man in the Sea, that's his famous Hemingway? work. Yeah, Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A Clean, Well-Lit Place is a short story that Hem- that Hemingway wrote. He wrote a lot of stuff. But it's, it's about nihilism. It's about this man who just wants to be in the light, but he doesn't believe in anything. Hmm. Um, and so, t- and so they, they start this question was, what scares the Jedi? And that got the creative juices flowing. And to me, it makes sense that the Nile would be the enemy of what scares the Jedi, because the Jedi believe in the Force. They believe in peace and prosperity and protection and the fact that the Force connects to all living things. But if you're in the Nile, and again, this is purely speculation based on the etymology of the word Nile, that means you don't believe in anything. So belief in everything and a belief in nothing, that is, you couldn't get more contrary than that, right? Wow, you've taken my brains to places where it
1: didn't know it was going to go this morning. Well, good. You know, it just takes me back to, I don't want to get away from that, but it does take me back to Pablo Hidalgo's comment of, you know, he said, we gave them a blank slate and we wanted to know what they would like to create and here they've created something that wow that you took to a different level i love it and uh and so yeah the force the force is everything to a jedi and they would argue that the force is everything to life and so if the nile truly do believe in nothing or they believe in the absence of something then this is going to be high conflict Uh, between the two and when you look at the two of them the the visual that they have the visual that they've put out about the nile and the jedi you know the nile appear to have you know to be destruction they're the the equipment that they have is very rough and um and broken looking and and they are their faces are covered and and so there's you know there's that idea of of perhaps nothingness or destruction or nothing matters and so, and then you have, of course, the Jedi that, that the, the Jedi are who we know them to be. And so, wow, interesting conflict. Yeah. I, I like it. We don't do speculation much in here, but I like it when you do it. Yeah, this is
0: etymology, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just fun. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. The, uh, the space station is called the Starlight Beacon. It, it very much looks like an actual real satellite. It doesn't look Star Wars-y. I missed It's the kind the of refreshing. Of What's the name of it again? It's called the Starlight Beacon. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. it looks so cool in
1: that on the cover of Charles Soule's book, um, right above them in the sky. With the, and the top of it has like a starlight reflection on it. And so hmm.
0: I just wonder what the uh, symbolism of that starlight beacon is. Well, I mean, a beacon, of course, is like you look to the stars for hope. It's, it's like maybe an inspiration. But if there's the great disaster, maybe that thing gets destroyed. I think that's kind of implied, really. Right. Because there's something that happens that shakes their belief system to the core and really makes them kind of refocus on what's going on. Uh, Jose Older, when talked about um, his book, he says there's uh, about two friends who take very separate paths in their journeys. He says there's a sort of a class of cultures, and we follow both of their paths through learning about the Jedi, the Padawans, life at that time, and all the adventures that they have. And the, the concept art from this looks like it's more kind of Teen Center? Does that seem fair? I feel that way, yeah. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Rise of the Resistance is now open on both coasts Walt Disney World and Disneyland, so you need to consider booking that incredible vacation, and I can think of no better place to recommend. Then MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, it is what my family uses, and it is what Coffee with Kenobi uses. They are our travel partner, and we absolutely love working with Becky Mankin and the team at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. They are the best. I trust them absolutely in planning these vacations. Their advice helps me maximize my vacation time and dollar, and it will you as well. Their no-cost, no-obligation quote when you use the service is wonderful, and they will also proactively adjust the booking if the rate goes down. Plus, they will help you plan as much or as little as possible. So if you like and you feel really comfortable about Disney World and Disneyland and the cruise lines and you just want some little extra help along the way, that's fine. Or if you are new to this or not as comfortable planning it out because you don't want to miss anything, then MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is the absolute place for you to go. And trust me, I would not recommend Becky Mankin MEI and Mouse Fan Travel if I didn't use the service I didn't love what they do and what they are standing for. And they really do want to help you have the best vacation possible. Go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash travel and sign up for a free, no obligation quote. You'll have the best vacation possible and help out Coffee with Kenobi in the process. When it comes to your bathroom, the shortest distance between outdated and updated
1: is one click on homedepot.com slash bath. It's the Days of Doing Winter Bath event. Up to 40% off a wide selection of vanities, faucets, toilets, and more. Plus free delivery of all online vanities. From bold new lighting to a fresh new shower. Your new bath is closer than you think. The Winter Bath event. Online now at homedepot.com
0: bath. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Valid through March 28th while supplies last. Claudia Gray said her story was inspired by The idea of taking actor Matthew McConaughey And putting him in a spaceship So that, I feel like that's kind of <laughs> that wide open like such a Claudia Gray <laughs> Yeah, maybe like Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of Things you could do with that I mean, there's, there's a lot to think about But there's also really not much to say You know what I mean? I mean, no, you want to you want to kind of go through the different covers and talk about them. Yeah, let's do that. That's let me uh, so that we're on the same page. Yes, uh, you seem to
1: have more of the covers on your screen. I don't know. I'm missing the well. On, if O'Hare. you go to Coffee
0: with Kenobi's Instagram feed, you'll see a lot there too. But uh, but on StarWars.com, they have a great little Coffee with Kenobi has an Instagram feed. They do. I think oh my you, goodness! I think you should. Subscribe. We should. I should probably yeah, yeah, I think get on you'd that. Like it. So so what we talked about already, Charles Soule's book. Uh, you know, which is going to be the thing that kicks all of this off mm-hmm. and that 's really great, and then we 've got uh claudia 's book into the gray, and that cover has has a a male jedi uh, with very modern a very modern hair aesthetic yes yes it, and, it looks very nice yeah, and then um the woman in it looks like she 's kind of got this gray flight suit on or something like that. That's what I
1: wanted to say something about because she does have symbols on her uh, flight suit, uh, white patches with orange, some kind of orange symbol on the on her shoulder. Appears to have some sort of a diamond, uh, diamond, larger diamond with some on the sides. But she looks definitely looks very much like a
0: pilot of uh, some sort. And we don't have. Let's see if if I try to look and see. Oh, there's actually a summary. Uh, It says it comes out October thirteenth. Oh, 2020. Uh, I can read you the summary I, I, if you want. Yeah, you let's want hear, me to hear the d- summaries. I'd love to okay. get that. Says Padawan Wreath Silas is being sent from the cosmopolitan galactic capital of, the Corus- of Coruscant to the underdeveloped frontier, and he couldn't be less happy about it. He'd rather stay at the Jedi Temple studying the archives. But when the ship he's traveling on is knocked out of hyperspace in a galactic-wide disaster, Wreath finds himself at the center of the action. The Jedi and their traveling companions find refuge on what appears to be an abandoned space station. But then strange things start happening, leading the Jedi to investigate the truth behind the mysterious station, a truth that could end in tragedy. Now, this is 352 pages, October 13th. It's a young adult book. Wow, i got to say, my excitement legitimately just went up about ten notches with that description. Yeah, it's great. And what 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 are your initial thoughts on that? Um, I mean, you've got... You know the intrigue, and it's almost got like the the castaway idea of thinking about what it would be like to be by yourself. Uh, you know, kind of your, your survival depends on you. Uh, mysterious things happening, which gives it kind of a, a cryptic feel. And I'm actually on StarWars.com with their main uh, article about it. They have got like pre-order links to on all of them, so that's where you can go and you can look if you want to read the things a little more clearly. But into the dark, kind of gives it sort of a Kind of a, a sci fi horror kind of a feel to it as well. Pretty cool. That does look good. Let me see here. How about the.
1: I'm interested in the Justina Ireland book right. uh, because it looks like it's something that would appeal to uh, my kids. Um, and it'd be their age, eight it, to twelve. Yeah, eight yeah. to twelve. Want to so, read the summary? Sure. It says, "When a transport ship is abruptly kicked out of hyperspace as part of a galaxy-wide disaster." Okay, there we've heard twice yeah. now this the uh, great the disaster. Explosion. Yep. Um, <clears throat> newly minted teen Jedi. Vernestra, uh, whoa. That's why I had you read this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. A young Padawan, an audacious tech kid, and the son of an ambassador are stranded on a jungle moon where they must work together to survive both the dangerous terrain and the hidden danger lurking in the shadows. Shadows, Nile, hmm, nothing. Exactly. Okay. Absence love, of light. I love the... L- Project Luminous the, yes. is light. This is the absence of light. So the formulae, form, the I mean, maybe Formulaic? the formation of yeah. uh, the, the dark side um, oh maybe that's just me talking no I think there. that's been rare Well,
0: yeah. um, I do say there is no Galactic Republic there is no anything like that no. uh, what I love about this one this comes out September 8th it's 240 pages I the cover of this is my favorite of all the covers it looks like something from Star Wars Rebels doesn't it look fun uh, with well, a green skin female Jedi and then a, a male Jedi with uh, one of the Tom Gross capes yes. and a number of kids that sounds very exciting too. I mean, you know, when I first heard all of this stuff, I'm like, "Oh, this sounds cool." More Star Wars to kind of digest and read about. But it looks like there's a little bit of texture, and, and it's it looks much more original than I expected yeah. to. And
1: one thing that we've noticed, or that we've noted, uh, reading just these first two, as you're looking up the next one, um, is now I'm looking for my note on this where it was talked about in the video how all of these are going to. Here it is. Um, so so on a publishing side of things and a storytelling side of things this this project luminous is designed to reach content of all star wars readers from adults to teens to kids on multiple platforms as we've already discussed but they also noted that it allows them to tell a fast interconnected stories from across many years and we've already witnessed how the interconnectedness between all of these stories will go so you know, a family can read several of these different books and then have a conversation. And I'm thinking about it on a family side. You know, you can have a conversation by reading all these different books and stories of this time period and have conversations and talk about how, how were our stories alike and and you know what happened in yours? Tell tell me about how it, the this disaster was you know happened in in, in your book, mm-hmm. and here's how it happened in mine and the impact it had on the characters. Oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly this is uh, much more interesting. I clicked on the, the pre order for Light of the Jedi just because that's the thing that's going to start it all. And there's there's a lot less description about this. It is 336 pages. Uh, The the official description we have on the Penguin Random House website is, 200 years before the events of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, in the era of the glorious High Republic, the noble and wise Jedi Knights must face a frightening threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the Force itself. That seems hard to do. Especially what we know about the Force. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot. And it's interesting that the category on Penguin Random House's website is, Space, Space opera. opera. <laughs> Isn't that, that fun? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun. Well, you
1: know what? I, I, you never know what you're going to get from Charles Soule except you know it's going to be quality. good. Yeah. And uh, so I, if there's someone I wanted to tell that story about the threat to the force itself, Charles Soule would be the guy. I'd be happy with any of these authors. I mean, as yeah. we've mentioned, they're the, they're the superstars of the day. But Charles Soule
0: will definitely give us an intriguing story uh, with that. Oh, I agree. Uh, We've got uh, Kevin Scott's monthly comic book series. And it's a monthly. It's not a limited. Uh, There's really not much listed here about what um, this is about. Although the the variant cover sample we have on Star does look like villains. Yes. And they look kind of like a Mad Max, Viking, post-apocalyptic presence, really. That's a good description of that.
1: Um, Yeah, both of their faces are covered. Um, the What looks to be the male figure has reddish skin with the uh, lightning-like tattoos going up and down the arms and then down the side of the chest is covered by what appears to be like ammunition boxes over the shoulder, some type of rifle he's holding in his two hands. At, while it appears to be a rifle, it also looks like it could be a hand-to-hand um, polearm sort, sort of uh, uh, weapon. As And then the, the woman looks appears to be a Twi'lek. Um,
0: I really like her mask. By the way, it, it's
1: very Emphasis Nest
0: esque. It's sort of busy though. It doesn't look like you can move around very easily.
1: Well, I don't right? know. Uh, it doesn't seem yeah. very
0: practical. I mean, we are talking about a fictional universe. Yeah, but yeah, it is a cool design.
1: <laughs> it is a cool design. But uh, but she also has a weapon. that looks like it could be used in a couple of different ways. Um, but yeah, I really like your assessment of a post-apocalyptic looking villain. Um, or potential villain. I mean, we don't know. These could be the scoundrels or bounty hunters that we're looking at here. Um, but, uh, but very cool. And that, so you said that is the Kevin Scott Marvel book. Right. Can I just say, when we move up to the IDW books? Yeah, let's talk about that. I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to comment on the IDW books that are currently out there, Star Wars Adventures, and many of those written by Kevin Scott. Those are some of my favorite Star Wars stories right now. I absolutely love those books. I love the art in them. I love the the style of the IDW books with the sl- the slick pages, and uh, and so I am really excited about the IDW here. And I'm normally a Marvel guy, and uh, right, that's, that's true. That's, that's 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 my they've been my jam for for many many years. But these IDW books have been super impressive. So I'm, I'm looking forward to. And I've never seen uh, Danielle Jose Older in. In a comic version, he's, I've always right, seen his stuff right. in, in uh, novels. Very so true. I'm really excited to see what his uh, books look like. And did you notice the race of the male on his cover? Yeah, what, what race is this race? I, well, it's. I believe that's Zeb's race. Oh, you think that's a Lassat? I think that's a Lassat. Hmm. I mean, he's not beefy like Zeb is, but no. his, his head and ears... Um, and the look on his face is definitely is reminds me of Zeb. If it's not, that's what it reminds me of. Well, it looks me. like there's
0: a name at the bottom kind of sketching. Is it like Farzaza for or Farzala?
1: Oh, that could be an L on the a Yeah, a, it's yeah. hard to say. Maybe it is a C. And Luca. And Luca. Or Lula.
0: Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that story as and well. And all these new lightsaber hilts. That's my, one of my, probably my favorite part about Star Wars, I think, is the Falcon, which is not a character. Or lightsaber hilts. I like the way you slip that in there. Yeah, well, I just wanted to keep uh, you it know, I kind of dropped the argument, but
1: I found several other excerpts, and I've been saving them for you. Oh, good. People who refer to the Falcon as a uh,
0: as a character. But that's anyway... Good. It is um, important. Different opinions make the world move around. It doesn't mean it moves right. in the right direction, but it does move. Well, no, and
1: and... You know,
0: we've, we've
1: decided to agree to disagree on that one. That's right. Although the support is on one side. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, I love that. Look at, look at uh, what we're going to call Farzala or Razalas. Look at his hilt. That is really, really cool. It's, it's a longer hilt, looks like for two-handed fighting. Um, and it's got, it just has a
0: lot of That's detail a good call. on it. And, and Luca's, or Lula's, looks more like, um, kind of like the uh, Luke's from Return of the Jedi, but it, a, kind of a modification of that. It does have that look. So. Uh, oh, very cool. Uh, there's, there's a lot. I mean, uh, is it fair to say you're going to get all these and read them all? That's, you know, that brings up a great
1: point that because, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Because, um, and is it, ne- would it be necessary, I suppose, is, is, the, uh, is the question. As I mentioned earlier, you know, with the multiple levels of reading from adult, young adult to, um, to children, I don't know that it's necessary to read them all to get a feel for the era and to understand who the Nile are and who the Jedi are and what the conflict is. Um, but certainly, would if you want to catch all the stories, that's something you would, I guess, suppose I, you would have to do. Um, but I did wonder about that, because as a fandom, it's easy to consume a film. It's easy to consume even a TV series uh, over a certain amount of time. For many in the fandom, I wonder, will we miss out on a story being told here because it is in a heavier print or or will people my concern and this is something we've talked about on the show before you know as a librarian and a a person who encourages reading i'm a i'm a super slow reader i read for detail i really get lost in my mind of the story and so then i have to end up going back and rereading parts and things like that i do worry about the release of the story and how fandom will handle you know the the, the people who can consume a book overnight and then put everything out there. I mean, I mean, I, I guess we, we have respect for one another in the films, and we give ourselves a time period, and we say, look, let's, let's just all agree to we're not going to talk about the details of the story until a week or a week and a half past the release of a film. But what's, what's the etiquette for spoilers when it comes to literature?
0: Because people do consume literature at different rates and different speeds, Usually there's a couple of months, I think, where you give people time to read the book. Because not everybody can read the book. like One you know, of the challenges, when the Harry Potter series was huge, I worked at Barnes & Noble when I was going back to school to be a teacher. And one of my big, big challenges was to read it quickly. Because people would come in after reading the book and want to talk about it right away. Sure. But other people want to actually read it and enjoy it, or they have other things going on in their lives, and it takes them a couple of months to get to that place. And when they do, it's great. But I think it's usually a couple of months. Okay.
1: Well, I just that you know, I mean, that's a great that's a great, great comparison because that's a story that has just been told in literature, and then the movies were after, right? And so, um, but no, as a you know, as a librarian, that is always something I, I I think about because you know when a new book does come out, I have students who will consume or teachers who will consume that book immediately and feel they they want to talk about it and what is what is the level you know where where does that hey let's have a conversation you know in public about it or do we have to go in the back room and whisper about it so we ruin it for everybody else so i mean as a story and as launching a new era of the story i do i do have it's not concerns i just that's not even worries but i do wonder i suppose
0: is the best way to look at it as to how that story will be digested as a fandom Right, and that and that's fair, and I'm sure a lot of people will feel that way. As for me, I I don't really concern myself with that because I there's nothing I can do to impact that. All I can do is sort of take what I like, you know. In in with coffee with Kenobi, certainly I'm I'm gonna check everything out, you know, mm-hmm. so I can talk about it and and just kind of get more of a, a flavor for what's going on. Um, my hope is that. Uh, like some of the, like when there's a major event for Marvel or DC, there's the main title, and there's a bunch of spin off issues where you don't need them to get the whole story, but it does add in background stuff. And sometimes right. it doesn't even seem relevant, but it's got that logo or that imprint there. Mm-hmm. My hope is that this will just give us a lot of different characters from one centralized idea of something that happens, some big bang thing that happens, and then you build upon it. And then uh, for future stuff going on that hasn't been announced or even created yet. They'll all somehow tie in together, like the Avengers movie or something sure, like that. Sure, I think that would be cool, and I didn't think I'd feel this way, but I knew that just by the course of the conversation that I'm more thrilled about this than I was before because I've long said that we have too much of Luke Han, and Leia, and their space is too oversaturized because of comics and all kinds of other stuff, and that's not bad. There's some great stories there, but there's some that fall flat, at least for me. Hmm. Sure. So the fact that we can go into this well, like with The Mandalorian, play in the Star Wars universe with the Force and concepts and ideas and the great designs and the action and the thematic elements, but we can start fresh. There's no extra spacing or there's nothing really bogged down about what's going on. We don't have expectations about these characters, right? So we can just really truly start fresh and start from a brand new place without that baggage. To me, that's kind of removes the shackles of the expectations of 42 years of storytelling Hmm. it's kind of freeing really that's a
1: great point and i would completely agree with you on that um as i'm sitting here and we're we're visiting and talking i just shared my concerns about you know launching a a whole new era of star wars only in print but then as the librarian excuse me while i put my library hat on yes yes. you don't mind yeah I need to get out my stampers here. One moment. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, what I do love about this is that to be able to experience this world, it does it does make you have to read it, and in that's the, right. And in the multi genres of of comics to potentially graphic novels to to novels, and that it's that it can and that it can be digested as a as a family from young children to adults and to encourage that conversation through literature. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this it's is deeper than this is deeper than than a movie or a TV show. While those all bring great conversation. Now we're talking about words and books and imagination and the pictures in our heads Um, which we've had for years, and we've always had Star Wars books that do that. But in order for us to completely understand what the High Republic is, we're going to have to dive in, and we're going to have to do a little reading. And so my librarian hat is happy. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are the podcast you're looking for. This is...
0: That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to have a cup of coffee with me and for helping to spread the word about our Star Wars family we've got here at Coffee with Kenobi. To join us in the CWK Cafe, which is our Facebook group, and share your Star Wars thoughts, comments, reviews, and opinions in a family-friendly, spoiler-free place that is also drama-free, go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash community and be part of the conversation talk about this week's show, or just talk some Star Wars. It is a lot of fun and you'll make some new friends, as well as catch up with longtime friends there as well. I also want to thank all of our new and longtime members of the CWK family and let you know how much I appreciate your help and support. I love being able to give back to you with CWK Pour Over, the exclusive weekly podcast not heard anywhere else. I want to thank our CWK family members Jason Hall, Dennis Keithley, Colby Mead, Jessica Berry, Adam Bankhurst David Nicely Jeff Ellis Ross Hallivan Frank Mulder Alexander Moylan Aaron Harris Chris Gavarka Angela Sauce Susan Gray Connie Shee Tyler Pompey Hannah Alex Procaccio Ian Thompson Simbat Deftardarian, Christine Turk Kurt McKellen Dan Ream Brian Harding Blake Weaver Jim Capron Caroline Maselli Chris Metz LJ Souter, Thea Selby Daz Davies, Christian Dale, Brian McKinney, Jared Cantor, BJ Smith, Eric Struthers, Nick Dico, and Mark Suter. If you want to be an exclusive member of our CWK family, go to www.coffeewithkenobi.com support. It's a great way to help support and help out the show and 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to the St. Jude Children's Hospital to support the incredibly important work they are doing to help these brave children and their families. In addition to being a part of the community on Facebook, please don't forget to visit our website at www.coffeewithkenobi.com for Star Wars news, announcements, reviews, videos, and so much more. If you have a question for me or just want to share your thoughts on the air, feel free to email me at danz at and I'll share them on the show. You can also connect with me on Twitter at Mr. Zerr, MrZehr. There are also a lot more ways to connect with me and Coffee with Kenobi on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash coffee with Kenobi and check us out on Pinterest. You can find me twice a month on the podcast, Looking at Lucasfilm, part of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network, and you can find my writing on CWK's website, as well as starwars.com and on IGN. And if you are considering starting a podcast or a blog, let me know how I can help you get started and help you make your creative vision a reality. Be sure to check out danzymedia.com and we can get the process started. I am also available to come to your school, conference, business, or organization to talk about how to tap into your strengths and help you bring out your very best. I want to inspire you to be inspired. Don't be afraid to take that first step into a larger world. Thanks, as always, to our CWK sponsors, especially MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, our travel partner, and your one-stop shop for all things Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the Disney Cruise Lines, or anywhere on the planet that you want to go on vacation. Please go to www coffee with Kenobi.com slash mouse travel to book your magical vacation and help support coffee with Kenobi in the process if you like the show please tweet out that you're listening share it on Facebook or invite your friends and family to tune in and share a cup of coffee with us and if the force is especially with you please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show on iTunes or Google podcast every review makes a huge difference and helps spread the
1: word this is something where, where me, the bookstores of the world, the Amazons of the world, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be dealing in, in books on this one.
0: You know, and I'm just really excited about that's that. That's a wonderful point, and especially because we're here at IdeaCon talking about education and engagement and technology and the fact that you have to learn the story uh, through reading, yeah, through that old school, tried and true practice <laughs> of making your mind stronger and smarter more analytical and Star Wars is a great filter for that lens. So that's great. Any last minute thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I think the
1: the announcement was you know, there's always that little bit of when you have an announcement that's been building for almost a year and uh, you always have that concern for disappointment or the or the you know, what whatever. This was this was very nice. It was it was great news. It's something brand new. It's fresh. Nothing too overwhelming at this point, um, but also I'm not disappointed one bit by this.
0: No, I'm not either. In fact, I'm much more happy about it after talking to you and kind of. I mean, You're I good. I process uh, a lot of different ways, but one of the ways I do is just by bringing it down through the through the course of rhetoric and discussion. So, thank you for that. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up. Please let us know on the Cwk Cafe our Facebook group. Or through the normal methods on coffee with Kenobi, or email us. What well, you think about Project Luminous? Things that Tom and I talked about and brought up, and sort of where your anticipation and excitement level is for this exciting moment in the world of Star Wars. Tom, any last minute thoughts? Yeah,
1: no. I think this is great, and I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear your, uh, hear and see your comments and your thoughts on uh, Project Luminous and the High Republic, and uh, let us know
0: let us know what you think. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Well, until next time, everybody, we will be back very, very soon with a brand new podcast. This is the podcast you're looking for. Move along. Move along.